normally I'm not the regular guy who preaches, so if you're like really upset this morning and you're like, wow, I just wish Scott was here, or like if you were a visitor and you're like, not this guy, I wanted to hear the main guy, um, then I'm sorry, uh, he'll be back, I promise, he's coming back, uh, so it'll be fine, uh, just, you know, just give, give me a break. Uh, my name is Reed, I'm one, I'm one of the pastors here, uh, and I work with students a lot, and uh, one of my favorite things about working with students uh, this may seem bad, but, and if it is, I'm sorry. But one of my favorite things working with students uh, is that I get to hear a lot of Christian breakup stories. Uh, I, I don't know why. It's just so funny. And there's so many things that are so stereotypical about it. Uh, there's so many, like, slogans, you know what I mean, where they're like, you know, like, uh, like God just told me that, like, we're not meant to be together, you know? Like, so I need to work on myself. Like, that's one of my favorite ones. I just love that. Uh, and so, actually, we're going to adopt that this morning uh, and so when we're talking about leaving the world better than we found it, or, or leaving everything around us, whatever it is, name the thing that you want to leave better than you found it, uh, we're going to start today with ourselves, because we cannot leave anything else in this world better than we found it if we don't first work on ourselves. We have to first work on ourselves. And so for me, uh, growing up, I played a lot of sports, and uh, one of my favorite sports, football, um, I was a linebacker, but, um, you know, I, I know you can't tell or anything with, like, the stocky body type or whatever, but I just wasn't blessed with genes. Um, so, like, I'm short and not fast, and I got a lot of things wrong. So, um, I remember, I will never, ever forget uh, the first time I ever stepped onto a high school varsity football field, right? I went to Fairfield, which is one of the largest public high schools in Cincinnati. Uh, and so I walked on the football field, and there's this dude. Uh, I'm going to call him Andrew. Uh, Andrew is a freak, like, freak. Like, if you know what I'm talking, like, if you've been around guys who are just so incredibly athletic and they've been gifted in every possible way, it is this dude. He's like 6'3", 245. He's a five-star inside linebacker. He has a full-ride scholarship as a senior to go to Ohio State to play football, right? This dude is a freak. Ran like a 4'6". He's a monster. So, of course, me, like, I'm walking up and I'm like, hey, how's it going? Uh, I'm Reed. I'm new here. Don't hurt me, right? Um, it's like one. It's like one of those things. Uh, and and what was I, what what he didn't know is that I would learn so much about my life and so much about people uh, through his story, and and he just didn't know it. So uh, he was recruited, given a five, like like I said, given a five star rating as an inside linebacker coming out of high school as a junior, uh, given a full ride scholarship to Ohio State to play for Jim Tressel. He ended up. He ended up uh, getting caught with drug possession and put on house arrest. And then they were like, Jim Trestle came to him. Listen, for me, it's crazy because I'm from Ohio, and so this is every kid's dream, right? Every kid's dream is to play for Ohio State. That is what you would want. So Jim Trestle comes to him. He's like, hey, listen, I will give you, I'll still give you your full ride scholarship, but I, I just want to know that you're willing to work to be here. So if you go one year, play football at a military school, the next three years, I'll still give you your full ride. You can play football here. He says, no. Yep. Someone just went, yeah, right. That was me. I was like, what are you doing? I'm living through you. Just do it. Right? Um, but he didn't. He didn't. And, uh, and uh, where he went from there, actually, uh, where he went from there is he got, he got caught up in that lifestyle. He caught up picking uh, the wrong influencers. Uh, and actually, throughout his whole life, which is his life ended at age 26, uh, because he was shot and killed in his apartment over a drug deal. Uh, and for, so for the rest of us, we were like, man, how could this happen to someone who was so good, so talented? Like, he, d he just knew the game. He didn't even have to try. 
But actually, and, and, but, but actually, this was a part of the problem, is that he's never had to try. He was given everything that he possibly could do. He, he was given everything that he possibly could have. He had the speed. He had the height. Uh, he had the weight. He was just given the natural instincts to find the ball fast and to hit people really hard because he's like a train. And so he was just given these things all his life, and he never had to work for anything, and he didn't want to work for anything. And he had goals. Trust me, this guy wanted to play in the NFL, but he didn't know how to get there. He didn't know the steps to take. He didn't know the people to put himself around. There was a lot of other things in his life that he just didn't know. He didn't have the right goal set. He didn't have the right people around him. He didn't, uh, he didn't think that he could even take the necessary steps. He didn't even think he could survive in a military school. So he didn't even want to try. So he ended up in a place where he felt like he couldn't escape. He ended up in a place where he felt like he was trapped. And so for us, a lot of us are in that, a lot of us are sometimes in that category. A lot of us are in the space where we feel trapped or we feel like we put ourselves in a situation where we just can't escape from. And it's a really, really difficult thing to get past. So we call this a fixed mindset. Basically, in a fixed mindset, you're okay with how things are. You're okay, uh, you're okay with your own abilities, with your own intelligence, and you think that just how they are now, that's who you are. One of the tricks that a fixed mindset will play on you is the older you get, the more you study yourself, the more you figure out your own talents, your strengths, whatever, the older you get, the more you actually uh, become in a fixed mindset. You're like, this is just who I am. And so a fixed mindset tricks you into thinking that this is just who you are. Now the opposite end of that is the growth mindset, and that's the understanding that they can be smarter when they work harder. The, the use of effective strategies uh, and the help of others when needed, all of these things are really important to a growth mindset. But it goes way beyond that. This has, a chance the way that, uh, this has a chance to change the way you see, act, react, plan everything in your life. So I want you to think of your favorite story. I love stories. So I'm a big storyteller. I enjoy looking at stories. I'm like in the story. Like if I watch a movie, like I'm in it. Uh, like I, I don't know if any of you guys watch The Walking Dead. It's a zombie show and it's okay if you don't. But like I have been in since season one and I can't get out of it. Like, I'm stuck. And, like, every single time someone dies, don't do this to Carl. Why did you do this to Carl? And, like, my wife is like, Reed, you, you realize it's a movie? I'm like, he's dead. He's dead. And then I watch, like, another TV show, and I'm like, he just came back to life. Like, it, it's like I'm in the story. So I want you to think of your, your favorite story. Somewhere in your story, uh, and, I, and I don't mean to belittle movies, but, like, it's, like, beginning, intro, uh, trauma. Who could have guessed that this is going very poorly at this moment in this movie? Uh, and then after that, there's like this mindset shift that happens, right? Or there's like some sort of crazy shift that happens in the movie and then boom, like we're off. You know what I mean? Uh, so think of your favorite movie at some place, some point in your favorite movie, the main character or whoever has this complete mindset shift in who they are, how they act, uh, how they're going to react to something whatever, right? There's, there's some sort of mindset shift in there. Uh, and Leo Tolstoy, he says this, everyone thinks of changing the world, but no one thinks of changing himself. You get that? Like, and I'm, I'm guilty of this. Like, I'm always like, oh yeah, this is how we can change the region. This is how we can change Portage. This is how we can change real life. Uh, but, but so often, the, the main thing, the main point uh, is that first, in order to change anything, we have to change ourselves and we have to change the way we see, react, and plan everything around us. So a ton of things are changed by having a growth mindset. One, you get, you get your beliefs about yourself, right, from having a growth mindset. 
Your goals are changed from having a growth mindset. Your feelings about social connectedness changes from having a, a growth mindset. Your self-regulatory skills, all of these change. And one of the best stories uh, for us to actually look at in the Bible is in Exodus 3, which is the story of Moses. Uh, and so if we want to look at how the mindset shifts happen in someone's life, we look at the story of Moses. So I'm going to give you a really, really, really brief summary of the story of Moses, okay? So if you're like, read, you missed something because I learned it in Sunday school when I was 10, and I know that you missed it. I get that I missed it. I'm just quickly, very quickly. So in the beginning, we start in the very beginning of the story of Moses. He was found and raised uh, by, uh, he was found and raised by the princess of Egypt, right? He was raised to be a pharaoh. So like legitimately, you may be like, oh, Moses was not even in line to be a pharaoh, but he was So just in case anything happened to his brother or whatever, Moses was actually raised to be the pharaoh of Egypt, right? So uh, you see through his life, like, this guy's got everything working for him, right? He's got, eh, this is where you would want to be, is to be the next in line to be pharaoh. So he's uh, he's there, he spends 40 years being raised on how to be a pharaoh and how to lead Egypt, how to suppress the Hebrews, all these kinds of things, all all these things he's learning while he's becoming an Egyptian pharaoh. Then eventually he sees that the Hebrews are getting beat. He sees how they're treated. uh, And then he has sympathy on them and he kills uh, an Egyptian slave, right? Or an Egyptian slave person who beats the slave. Wow. Lost words and it's fine. Uh, One of those people who are over the slaves. There, that's good. Um, So he kills one of them. Afraid for his life, afraid for what's going to happen to him because he just killed another Egyptian, he runs away, right? When in all actuality... Like, if you're on the higher end of the chain there and you kill someone, they're like, meh. But he ran away because he's afraid. He's like, oh, I don't want something bad to happen to me, so I run away. So he runs away to the middle of Arizona, uh, which isn't really Arizona, but it looks a lot like Arizona. Just like desert and nothing really happening there. Um, And then, of course, he finds the girl. uh, And the girl, his mom, is a priest. uh, Wow. Her dad is a priest. Uh, and they actually include them, take him into their family, right? And then so he starts this whole incredibly new life as a sheep herder in the middle of the desert. So now for another 40 years, he spends his life in the middle of the desert just herding sheep in, in like what you would consider the lowliest profession ever. It's just so simple. It's so easy. It's secluded. It's, it's not about leadership skills. It's not about anything like that. Um, it's just about herding sheep and taking care of the sheep, right? So it's the, uh, it's the opposite. He, he spends the first 40 years in, like, luxury and this grandeur and everything that could possibly happen, and then he turns around, and he's just living with sheep. Does that for 40 years. Then at this point, God calls him through the burning bush, right? He's like, hey, go save my people, the Israelites from Egypt. And Moses does what? He's like, yeah, No. He's like, I don't have the talents, I don't have the skills, I can't speak. He's got all these excuses as to why he can't go. And God's like, no, that's not a problem, just go. Just know that I'm with you and go. And so he calls him out. And so Moses has no faith in himself. He has no faith in his own abilities. He has a fixed mindset here, right? His whole entire life has led up in this growth mindset. You're you're growing, you're learning, you're learning how to do this. Uh, And then he spends 40 years in seclusion just being happy with who he is. And he's like, I'm content here. I know that this is who I am now. I belong in the desert, herding sheep with myself and my wife, right? And that is, that is his mindset now. And so he has to actually switch his mindset back to a growth mindset. He has to make a decision here 
where he's like, okay, if I'm going to go back to Egypt, I have to learn how I have to learn how to go back to Egypt. I have to learn how to do what God is calling me to do, how to talk, how to all this stuff. Now, he had help. He had his brother Aaron come with him and whatever, but he had to learn this. And so don't get me wrong. Like, we're not talking about just switching your mindset and being like, yep, today, boom, I have a growth mindset, and so I'm good, right? It it just doesn't work that way, uh, and you can't expect yourself to switch it just like that, right? Having a growth mindset is something that you learn over time, and it's incredibly hard uh, to learn and to grow there. It almost seems like magic, right? For me, I, I've always been like, yeah, well, maybe if something magical happens, then, uh, then I can have a growth mindset quickly. But other than that, like, I got no shot. But when I rely, I'm, I'm a millennial, so when I rely on, when I rely on um, something magical, I always go to Disney. So today, uh, I'm going to give you five steps, five things Um, that you can do in order to switch your mindset from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset using using Disney characters, because I don't know what else to do. So that's what we're going to do. So number one, number one, the first thing that you can do to switch to a growth mindset is be your own fan. Be your own fan. Here's the thing. Here's what I learned early. You can be your own poison. You can poison yourself in your mind. You can ruin your life in your head. By the way that you speak to yourself, by the way that you talk to yourself, by the way, uh, by what you name it. You know the thoughts that you have in your mind, and you know what you tell yourself when you don't succeed, when you fail, whatever that is, right? Uh, this whole movie, Frozen, uh, this whole movie is about, uh, is about a girl uh, who doesn't believe in herself, therefore hides from her own uniqueness. She condemns herself to a life of solitude until she realizes that she can't live this way, Right? So she can't live in the middle of solitude. So she can't live by herself. She can't hide uh, who she is. Romans 8.1 says this. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. So there is therefore no condemnation. The simple declaration of no con- condemnation comes to those who are in Christ Jesus. Since God the Father does not condemn Jesus, neither can, Father, neither can the Father condemn those who are in Jesus They are not condemned, they will not be condemned, and they cannot be condemned. Here's the thing, we condemn ourselves. We, in our head and with our words, condemn ourselves all the time. We are in our own heads, right? That's that's like a a sport phrase that we use all the time. Man, you're in your own head right now. Whatever it is. Sports is half mental as it is anything else. And so every time my dad would come up, he'd like slap me in the helmet, and he'd be like, listen, you're in your own head right now. And I'm like, okay, okay. And you got to switch the way that you think. you got to switch the way that you process and everything like that. Um, we have, uh, now, now don't get me wrong, okay, I'm not talking about like just starting to be nicer to yourself, okay? Uh, I mean like you have to shut down your thoughts that you have about yourself if they're negative. So when he says the verdict is not less condemnation, right, like he says there's no condemnation, not less condemnation. So he's not saying like, oh, be nicer to yourself, but be hard on yourself sometimes, no condemnation at all, that you cannot put that on yourself. Self-compassion is a balance of truth. Yes, I made a mistake. With grace, I have worth and value, and I will address mistakes directly. But combat, compassion for yourself is not condemning yourself. You, you can speak truth without being mean to yourself. We need to praise the journey instead of the end result. One of the things that growth mindsets do uh, is they focus on the journey. A lot of time a fixed mindset says, oh, well, as long as I get there, it's fine. 
That's the end result. That's the goal that I want to get to. As long as I get there, it's fine. Growth mindsets focus on the journey because you learn so much through the journey. Like, I guarantee you that if you were with me this week as I was writing this sermon, you would learn more about the Bible and about who Jesus is uh, and about what's going on through how we got to this compared to what I'm teaching you right now. I learn and I grow tremendously through learning about how we're going to get to this end result of Sunday. And so we have to do that with things in our life as well. Diane von Furstenberg, she said this, you're always with yourself, so you might as well enjoy your company. Number two, number two, pick your influencers. Now, I couldn't get the Jungle Book out of my mind, uh, so the Jungle Book it is. Uh, Mowgli spends this entire story, Mowgli is a kid, uh, spends almost the entire movie figuring out what voices he should listen to and what he should act on uh, and who he should allow in his life, right? And sometimes he gets caught up listening to the wrong influencers. He's influenced by the wrong people, and so therefore he ends up in a sticky situation, right? See, there's two things that make a good influencer. One is grit and one is resilience, when you have people around you, they should have these two things. If you were like, okay, I'm going to allow you to influence my life. They should have grit and resilience. Ecclesiastes 4.9, it says, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. Yes, this is true. This is so incredibly true. Because they have a good reward for their labor, and a good partnership, two can accomplish more than each one individually, right? It just makes sense. You double production. Here's the thing. If you don't pick a good influencer, the person that you're around does not help you. So yes, two is better than one, but if you pick the wrong two, then it doesn't work well. And you guys, you guys have experienced, I know you have experienced this in your life, of picking the wrong influencers somewhere in your life. So whether grit is nature or nurture is kind of a common debate, but, but like everything, it's kind of a combination of the two. Uh, you can use the example of height, right? Like we kind of get our height, five, ten, right? Uh, we kind of get our height from our parents. Uh, they're passed down genetically, that's nature. Um, but over time, we actually become, uh, we have become a little bit bigger as like mankind or like U.S. people are just taller than like Asian people. It, it's, just, it's just what it is. Like this is a part of nurture. So, uh, and it's because of like where they live, the environment that they live in, whatever, right? This is a part of nurture there. Surrounding yourself with people who have both passion and perseverance in what they do towards their goals will help to strengthen or grow the mindset required to increase resilience and grit. You have to have the wrong, or the right people, not the wrong people, around you. If you do not pick the right people, they will not help you succeed. So number three is be flexible. Be flexible. So what I wish I was sometimes is when I go to Disney World uh, and I love the Polynesian Resort. I don't know why, it's just so great. It feels soothing to me. Uh, it makes me wish that I was Hawaiian. You know, like I just, like I wish I was born in a Polynesian culture. It seems great, seems nice, there's palm trees, it's all kinds of good stuff. They have Dole Whip. Does anybody, anybody know Dole Whip? Oh, it is just from heaven. Like when Jesus and Moses is in, or like when Moses is in the desert and God's like, I'll send you manna from heaven, I believe that that was like Dole Whip chips or something. Like it's got to have Dole Whip in it uh, because it is just that good. Uh, but if you eat past six in one day, it hurts your mouth, so don't do it. High acid level. Just one late. That, was, that has nothing to do with this at all. Um, <laughs> but whatever. So 
be flexible, be flexible. So when I, uh, so when I go there, uh, I think of Moana, right? Uh, Moana's whole story revolves around being flexible, adapting on the fly, and taking opportunities as they come. We see this over and over again in the Bible. In Mark 1, uh, and Mark 1 is one of the greatest examples we see. One day Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee. He saw Simon and his brother Andrew throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. So he saw Simon and Andrew, and uh, this kind of refers to the fact that this was not the first time that he has met them. He's seen them before, he's seen them around, he knows who they are. Uh, This isn't the first time that he's met this group of men, but, uh, and John 1 kind of describes their previous meeting, if you want to look that up, but uh, they were fishermen, so they, they didn't have a high trade either. Uh, they weren't known as like, oh yeah, let's go hang out with the fishermen, they're cool dudes, like it's just, they smell like fish and you probably don't want to hang out with them, right? They work weird hours, nobody wants that. Um, but they were kind of common men, they didn't have theological credentials or status in the world, Jesus met them as they labored as, a co- as common men. He met them where they were. Jesus chose these disciples not for who they were, but for what Jesus could do through them. Now, here's what I think really interesting. Jesus chose these common men for a reason. Uh, uh, Wearsby, who is a theologian, he says that Surely the good qualities of, of, of successful fishermen would make for success in the difficult ministry of winning lost souls. They had courage, the ability to work together, patience, energy, stamina, faith, tenacity. Professional fishermen simply could not afford to be quitters or complainers. So Jesus picked these people for what they brought to the table, which was all of these things that you would be like, I kind of want that, right? This is a a growth mindset where they literally, grit and resilience, they couldn't afford to give up on what they did. Now, like I'll admit, like I, sometimes I go fishing. I haven't caught anything for the last like 10 years. Like I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but, like, some people are just like, fish love me. And they're just like, they just reel it in. I'm just sitting there for hours, and I'm like, I've been watching Netflix on my phone because, like, I ain't got nothing in forever. Uh, and, and, like, now I just go and don't expect to do anything. Uh, and, and that's a fixed mindset. But, like, fishermen can't afford to give up on what they do. If they do, they, they don't make a living. They don't get food. They don't get money. They don't get anything that they need to survive. And so Jesus picked them, picks them for this. See, being less rigid in your thoughts and actions allows resilience and grit to blossom. Simply because flexible people don't see problems, they see opportunities for growth and for learning. They see the process. So when every challenge is is met with enthusiasm and creative thinking, you will see yourself as capable, and this confidence breeds resilience. Following God is is about taking advantage of your opportunities that he's given you. Make sure that you're prepared to act on an opportunity at any given moment because it will show up and it will surprise you. And guess what? Opportunities don't wait for you to get prepared. They just don't. Let me tell you as someone who works with people all the time, they come at you in the weirdest times possible. You're like, yeah, can I just finish making dinner first? Or like, and then they're like, dude, I'm having a life change moment right now. And so you're like, all right, dinner's waiting, let's go. Be prepared for the opportunities that God will present to you and be open to those opportunities. Be flexible. Think on the fly as you go about things. Four, think small. So when I think of small, I think of Aladdin, right? The whole story of Aladdin is he's like, I want the girl, which I don't blame him. Like, she's a princess and she's got a tiger, which is all cool. Um, Yeah, what's not to like? 
Uh, and, and in actuality, uh, in the end, like Jasmine is like, listen, I love you for who you are. I love the little things about you. I love, uh, I love your life. And Aladdin is like, the only way that I can get this girl is by thinking huge all the time, right? He's like, I, he asked the genie to be a prince. He's like, if I be a prince, then she'll love me. Well, guess what? She already loves you. You're thinking way too hard into this thing. Um, for us, it kind of works the same way. Colossians 2, uh, Colossians 3, 23 says, work willingly at whatever you do, as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. People with a sense of purpose are happier. However, your purpose is very abstract and often difficult for us to find. But here's what I want to tell you. Your purpose really isn't that hard to find. Your, your purpose is, is a mix between mission and passion, and you've already been given your mission. Jesus says, hey, go make disciples of all the world around you. And then your passion is whatever you love doing. There, you just found your purpose. Boom, done. Got it. We can go home. Um, but we can find through us, we don't have to think of these big things all the time. See, that, that, that tends to become the fixed mindset where I said it's all about the journey in a growth mindset. Fixed mindsets only focus on that end result. So for us, uh, when we think about that big thing all the time, we are in a fixed mindset. And we are actually putting ourselves in a place of failure. So for you guys, I'm going to say uh, one thing that most of us all know what it's like. If you've ever tried to work out in your life regularly, or if you've ever tried to lose weight, we all have this mindset. We all have a fixed mindset. Because we're like, uh, and I'm the king of this, I'll, I'll be honest. I got Planet Fitness just so I pay less for when I fail. Like, that, that, is, that is how this works. Um, I hope they pay me, because I just, I just got them on here. Um, the, uh, so for us, like, when we, when we work out, when we try to lose weight, what do we do? We're like, all right, I'm going to work out five days a week. No you, no, you aren't. Like, you don't just go from the couch to working out five days a week in one day. Like, that does not happen. I tried. Trust me. It, it gets to Wednesday, and I'm like, listen, I'm sick. Like, I lie, I lie to myself. Or when you want to lose weight, you're like, all right, I'm gonna, I want to lose 50 pounds. So you, you set your goal. You're like, all right, I'm going to lose 50 pounds. I'm committed this time. Well, like, you got to one and a half, and you're done already. You're like, all right, like, Ariel, my wife, make the brownies because we're going ham tonight. Like, that's, that's how that works. Uh, but for us, if we were to flip that and we were like, okay, listen, I just want to lose one pound at a time. That's it. One pound at a time. I can do that in a couple days just by eating right, whatever. Uh, or I want to work out once a week, right, starting today. Or like next week, I want to work out twice a week, whatever. Uh, you pick your, you th- if you think smaller, uh, then all of a sudden you are able to accomplish goals. Accomplishing goals gets you to where you want to be. In your head, that's what you want. You want to accomplish your goals. So if you set your goals smaller, we always think big, if you set your goals a little bit smaller to help you get to the end result goal, you will succeed more often than not. But it's a mindset shift, right? It's a mindset shift because that's not what the world tells us. The world is like, hey, you want to lose 50 pounds? Okay, great. Lose 50 pounds. Here's this weird berry. And if you drink it, boom. And you're like, I've gained 50 pounds. Um, It's just weird. So for students, I don't know if you know this. I, I, I don't know if you know this, but for our church, we, we have a mission, a mindset that we want to reach 1% of the region, right? If we reach 1% of the region, do you know how many people that is? 6,540 right now. 6,540. And this area is growing, so every day that number gets a little bit higher. We can do this, but if we focus on 6,540 all the time, guess what we're not going to do? We're not going to get the 6,540. 
It's just common sense. But what we do in students is we do this thing called one life. Basically, one life is the thought, the belief that every believer should have a non-believing friend, family member, co-worker, who does not know who is Jesus, who does not know Jesus, um, and we are to be intentional about our life, interacting with their life. We are to be hanging out with them, praying for them, asking how we can pray for them, invite them, in, invite them to dinner, church, family parties, etc., in hopes that they come to know Jesus as themselves and be baptized. So we believe in our student ministries that you can change the world, we can grow numbers, we can get people into church by just investing in one life at a time. It, it's easy. And you can't do less than one person. So it, it's literally the easiest that you can possibly do. You, you get one person, if they get baptized and they get into the church and they love Jesus, they know Jesus, guess what? You pick a new one life. Do you know the power that that could have? Like if you actually, if our whole church took that uh, into consideration, do you know the power that our church could have in our area? All right, take us right now. Conservatively, a church of 800. All of you pick a one life today, and you're like, all right, I'm going to pray, invest, love in this one person. Guess what? We're already at 1,600. Like, we just doubled in size just because everyone here was like, all right, I'm just going to invest, love, and be there for one person. I'm going to make sure that they know Jesus and that they're loved and that they're valued today more than ever. That's incredible. Talk about a big change by just a little step. So think small. Five is pause. Now, I don't really know who does pause better than Sleeping Beauty. Like, I, I, and I couldn't get it out of my head because it was like, who pauses better than her? Like, she slept through half the movie. Like, she's got the best role possible. Like, I could fulfill that role other than the beauty part and, like, having blonde hair and whatever. But I could do that. Uh, and granted, it, it wasn't really, like, her doing or whatever. But for us, we always need to take a step. We need to pause uh, throughout our life and figure out what's going on. And American culture teaches you to speed up, right? Speed up, speed up, speed up, speed up. And uh, guess what? As someone with, like, high energy and I'm, like, doing multiple tasks at a time all the time, uh, like, I got music in my ears or, I, like, the other day I caught myself. I, I was, like, watching, like, three different football games, playing games, and writing a sermon at the same time. Like, it's insane. Uh, but this is actually our culture. Our culture is like, okay, listen, like the more you can do at one time, the better you're at, the better you are at it. Uh, but the problem is, is that it doesn't give us time to think. It doesn't, doesn't give us time to reflect. It doesn't, doesn't give us time uh, to be with ourselves. And it's really important to be with ourselves. And I get that some of us don't want to be with ourselves because of what it is, right? Some of us don't want to be with ourselves because go back to point number one, whatever, you are your worst poison, so some of us don't want to be in our own heads. Romans 12.2 says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So when you take time to reflect and you bring awareness in a focused way to the things that you have accomplished and the path that you want to take to continue, to move on, whether your reflection takes the form of, of meditation, journaling, uh, reading the Bible, just walking in the wilderness and thanking God for his creation, whatever it is for you, when you give yourself time to think back on your day in a non-judgmental way, we can see what you have accomplished and what actions you need to take tomorrow to keep moving forward. See, when I say a non-judgmental way, that's incredibly important. You need to reflect on what's happening in your life, the conversations you've had, how you've reacted to your own emotions, whatever that is. You need to take time in your day to realize what's happening. 
You need to realize how, uh, how you feel. You need to act on how you feel. Uh, you need to focus on how you had conversations with someone else in that day. Uh, you need to focus on maybe opportunities that you've missed or opportunities that you did well. All these things are great, but when you do it in a judgmental way, you have already, uh, you've already abandoned yourself, right, if that makes sense. When you do it in a judgmental way, we get back into the zone of, like, man, Reed, you just didn't do this right. You didn't do this right. You didn't do this right. You didn't do this right. And once you get down on yourself, it's really easy to keep going down the hill. So when you do it in a non-judgmental way, you're like, all right, this is what I could have worked on. This is what I could be better at, and I'm going to be better at it tomorrow. And this is what I did great, and I'm going to keep making sure that I see those opportunities and keep moving. That's how we switch to a growth mindset. See, this is a huge step in being transformed. These five things are a huge step in being transformed in our mind and our spirit. Here's how your life will change. If you begin to own the fact, or if you begin to be your own fan, pick your own influencers, become more flexible, think smaller, and celebrate your wins, uh, and pause for a second in your day. Your mind begins to embrace challenges instead of avoiding them. It persists when meeting obstacles. It doesn't give up easily. It sees effort as a path to mastery and not fruitless fodder. You learn from your criticism. You don't ignore it or belittle it. You aren't threatened by other success. You learn and you are inspired by it. See, these seem, uh, these seem like simple things, and I get that they aren't. They're really, really difficult, and you've got to put it in your mind all the time. And sometimes even to get yourself to stop talking bad about yourself, you have to be like, okay, I've identified that thought, and I'm not allowing it to happen today. You have to tell yourself that you're just not about to let it happen. But I know, I know, and you know, even deep down in you, and Jesus knows that you can change the way that you, that you see the world. You can change your mindset just by starting today. Start today and start with the small things. Think small. Take one step at a time. Give yourself grace. Give yourself grace. You are not going to succeed today. And that's fine. You may not succeed in years from now. Guess what? But you're still going. You're still trying. Resilience and grit. Resilience and grit. Give yourself grace. I'm going to leave you in the words of Teddy Roosevelt. He says this, do what you can where you are with what you have. Do what you can where you are with what you have. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for today. Thank you for um, a chance to get together. Thank you for your message that you've given us. Um, thank, you for, uh, thank you for giving us the opportunity to leave a world better than we found it. Um, thank you for loving us, being there for us. Thank you for giving us grace. Um, and thank you for giving us uh, the ability to work on ourselves with your help, um, with your love, and with your grace. We pray in your name. Amen. All right, so if you guys would stand, we do this weird thing around here where we just like stick out our hands and we're like, I'm going to leave you with a blessing. So if you're uncomfortable and you're like, I don't want to stick my hands out, you don't have to. You don't have to. Uh, Father God, you are great. You are awesome. Go this week. All of you guys know that you are loved, that you have a place, you have a home here, that you are part of a church family that is awesome and moving and is great. Uh, and you have the ability to work on yourself today uh, in small steps uh, with people who love you and will help you and will help guide you. Go this week, love God, love people, serve the world. Have a good one.